Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to our present state versus history on speaker. Here we are focused on the current events of our culture through the principles of our history Trying to make sense of the culture and the mindset of today. I am your host, Ray Mayfield. Well, praise God. Here we are again back on the pod. Wonderful day in the Ozarks. It's uh, July the 30th. Been hot, humid. Praise God for it. Well, I want to deal a little bit today with our attitude towards the Word of God. You know, we've got... uh, A lot of things going on in our society and the root of those causes can be traced back to just a few uh, key elements, I guess. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you to look at the University of Christian Studies and Seminaries, a website there for all kinds of resources and degree possibilities. If you want to further your education, you'll find folks up there in Alaska. Got a very top-notch school put together, anything from... uh, the very introductions of school to the highest regards of PhDs. They have put together uh, programs there to meet the needs of the folks, whatever it is you need. Appreciate that. Check us out on our website, uh, the True Gospel Church Ministries.org. True Gospel Church.org. You'll find all kinds of links there on our website there to donate and those of you that have donated and are supporting us on this endeavor here on the internet i appreciate that um really appreciate uh any kind of feedback we can get uh got email addresses there where you can contact us if uh if you'd like for us to come do some teaching or do revivals or anything like that uh, we're open available um for that praise god for it we've been working Trying to get things going. Of course, this whole podcast is uh, directed towards uh, the relevance of the Word of God and and where we've been in the past and and trying to understand where we are today as a society. Um, Everybody seems right now they want to focus on the book of Revelation. They want to focus on uh, the speculation of things that that can be unproven as to what's yet to come in the future. And... and, um, the best avenue to know where we're going is to look back at where we've been because the Bible tells us that there's not any new thing under the sun and that there's nothing that has going to be that has not already been. So if we look back at those things in the past and, and uh, honestly open our minds to the things that the Lord might direct us to, we'll be able to have a 
firm grip, if you will, on what's coming in the future. We've got uh, all of this uh, nonsense, for any lack of a better word, running around today in our society of believing, you know, if I believe it, it must be true. And we don't base um, any of our assumptions, I guess you could say, on anything other than the conclusions we've drawn of our own self. But the truth of the matter is, back in the days when they were putting our Constitution together and the forefathers were debating all these things, there was certain things they based the whole premises on, which basically is confirmed through the Word of God. Even uh, John Locke, one of the great philosophers that uh, the forefathers were uh, read of, I guess you could say, and did a lot of studying, um, John Locke felt that an atheist had failed to, to apply his divine capacity for reason and observation. He didn't believe that there was such a thing as an atheist. He's, he just simply believed that if somebody claimed that there wasn't a God or that they didn't uh, believe in God, it was because they hadn't uh, um, applied themselves to the full capacity of reason and observation that the divine creator had given us. You know, and when we get... Um, in the Word of God, in Psalms 14 and Psalms 53, if you read both of those Psalms, um, they kind of mirror each other. They're written by two different people, but um, they speak pretty much the same thing. And they open up with the uh, phrase that is a fool has said in his own heart that there is no God, you know. So we move forward with the premonis or the pre um pre-established fact that the word of God is infallible, that the word of God is truth, and the word of God has been inspired by God, not man, and it is there to lead us in um, all the, so we say, self-evident truths of humanity. Even the American founders um, believed that there was a creator as the most fundamental premises underlying all self-evident truth, see? So they believe that a divine creator or divine creation or God um, was the, should we say, ultimate authority over all things that are and over all things that are... Um, uh, should be obvious, I guess, to our eyes and our minds. Um, just a few quotes, to, you know, from some of our founding fathers dealing with uh, uh, virtue and dealing with freedom. Uh, Benjamin Franklin said, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. He said, as a nation becomes corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. John Adams said, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to govern, to the government, rather, of any other. Samuel Adams, he said, the sum of all is, if we would most truly enjoy the gifts of heaven, let us become a virtuous people. Then shall we both deserve and enjoy it. While on the other hand, if we are universally vicious and debauched in our manners, though the, though the form of our Constitution carries the face of the most exalted freedom, 
we shall in reality be the most abject slaves. George Washington said, of all dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would a man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmest props of the duties of men and citizens, let it simply be asked, where is the security for prosperity, for reputation, for life? If the sense of religious obligation deserts the oaths, which are the instruments of investigation in the courts of justice. He's asking a question. See, if we forsake our uh, religious convictions of our place of, of uh, virtue, what is going to hold us up? Is what he's saying. These are just a few quotes of the different things dealing with um, the mindset of those men who sat down and created our Constitution to bring us to a place um, where we are today. In that declaration, you know, it, the Declaration of Independence, it declares so many things that they, they say are self-evident, you know, with um, our rights of uh, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, to say a few. In fact, we can go back there right quick. In fact, I wasn't going to get there, but let's, let me let me let's flip over here. Um, to the, the Declaration of Independence. This is something that, uh, you know, we hear talked a lot about, but how, how, many, how many times and when, when was it the last time um, maybe that you've, you've actually read the document? You know, and the, 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 the beginning of the Declaration of Independence, is, it, it's a powerful statement. And it's dealing with um, the self-evident truths of what is ab absolute, I guess you could say. The Declaration, July 4th of 1776. When the course of human, human events, it becomes necessary for the people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the cause which implies them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to ensure, or secure rather, these rights, governments are instituted amongst men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, what, that whatever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles 
and organizing its power in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness, prudence, and indeed will dictate that that governments long established should not be changed for light and transit causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the form to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and assumptions pursuing inadvertently the same object evidences and designed to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferances of these colonies, in such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let the facts be submitted to a candid world. And it goes on to give the list of indictments that the colonies had as they were declaring the wrongs that had been done by the king. And I read all that because right in the midst of that, they're talking about the rights that they have been established, the unalienable rights that have been established by the Word of God. You see, these rights are based on the Word of God. They still are based on the Word of God. They were come to the conclusion of right reason. I did a, a podcast called Right Reason here some time ago, which is our um, divine ability to consider. What was that John Locke said? Our, our divine capacity for reason and observation. You see, when we read the Word of God and we um, admonish our divine purpose to actually honestly look at these things, then we will come to the same conclusion, which is the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, these things that are spelled out in our Constitution, these things that... Uh, the founding fathers agreed upon and, and, and moved in order to bring um, these things to pass. And they, they even said that this Constitution, even though it holds up for the symbols of liberty, that if we fail to do the right thing and be a virtuous people led by the Word of God, that we will become the slaves and that's what we have today. If we look around in our society today, if we are honest with the government that we have going on right now and the situations in the United States, they're talking about changing the currency. They're talking about having more control over things. The, the, most of the people in this country claim to be free, but they are bound by debt. And there was another place in there, and I didn't read that quote, where it was talking about uh, um, the role of our government to be in um, most, uh, what was it, frutal, and uh, I don't know if I can find that right quick. 
about something else that's got completely out of control in this country is uh, the debt that's been uh, um, acquired and, and pushed off on, on um, the people. Oh, here we go. Thomas Jefferson, he said, to preserve our independence, we must not let our rulers load us with perpetual debt. I am for a government rigorously frugal and simple. Rigorously frugal and simple. See, we, he's telling us right there, we cannot let the government put us with this per wet, perpetual debt, which is what we're dealing with now in this country. And what's the source of that? Well, as a nation, we have stopped revering the Word of God as unfallible and inspired. We have stopped revering the Word of God as the absolute truth and the one absolute uh, mediator between man and the situations around us. And when we come to that place where we no longer have absolutism, we no longer have something that is absolutely um, concrete, then when it comes to men being endowed with certain unalienable rights, what do we base what those rights are on? See, and now we have all these abstract or abstract ideologies as to what rights are, you know. Well, it's my right to, you know, live a certain way or my right to do this or do that. No, it's not our right to do anything that is going to be a hindrance to anybody else's ability to move forward and operate in their divine principles of rights, which is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You see, because there's responsibility that comes along that, and when in 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 when we know that all men are created equal, we know that all men also are equal in the responsibility towards one another. See, so it's not just about a selfish, self-centered living as I can do whatever I want because I have the right. The question is whether or not what I'm claiming to have the right to is beneficial to all who are. Um, around or affected, you see, because we must do things in our society so that it moves forward in harmony. You know, Mr. Blackstone, he was one of the law, um, leading law professors in the days that uh, the the uh, founding fathers had read. And, and he said, he was talking about law, one place where I was reading one time, dealing with... Uh, the individual who is living in his house, he was using the example of a drunkard. If a man goes home and he's in his house in the confinements of his walls and he, he's a drunkard and drinks until he's passing out and, and, and just carries on and goes on, there is no law that has been violated because the things that he is doing, they only affect him. However, when that same individual goes out to the public square and operates in the same behavior, now there has been a law violated because what he is doing, he has brought out to the public square and it affects more than just himself. And this is the basic principle of a harmony society 
and why we have certain laws in our society so that we can operate together. Yes, he has the right to behave himself however he sees fit there, but he does not have the right to bring that behavior into the public square that is going to influence another. So we have a responsibility to keep our behavior in a place of virtue, a place of righteousness, because that is the moral law, see? Good government and natural law, these are self-subscribed, self-evident truths that are declared in the Word of God. And when we lead our lives according to the confinements of the Word of God, then we automatically conform our behavior so that it fits into these categories. We don't have to go and, and have the magistrate come and force us into compliance. But when we refuse to comply on our own, then that's where we have law enforcement and they have to come in and deal with the situation. This is why the forefathers were so adamant that our society and our constitution and our republic could not survive if the people were not free, moral, and educated. We've lost our mooring or our moral shoring because we have stopped using or, or, or um, should I say, uh, we have stopped considering the Word of God as the absolute authority in our lives. You know, I was just walking around the other day, and I'm going to say some things that people, you're going to have a choice. You can jump on and say, oh, he's all down and on certain things, but it's not the individual behavior, okay? It's the mindset that I'm talking about. We're talking about principles here. We're not talking about individual acts of, of omission. We're talking about the principle. And I'm driving around, and I realize all of a sudden, everywhere I go, everybody I see they got tattoos. Now, if you got a tattoo, don't be getting all bound on me. I don't care how many tattoos you have. But I'm thinking back, you know, it's not been that many years ago when I was a kid running around in public. Nobody had any tattoos. And now everywhere I go, everybody's got a tattoo. What's changed? Well, what's changed is the mindset of the men. We've now accepted that as okay, acceptable behavior because we have changed our perspective about that. Well, what was it that established the first original perspective, perspective about tattoos was the Word of God, where the Bible tells us in the Old Covenant, where he was talking about separating Egypt, or not Egypt, but Israel, from the world, and the people that he was, they were being separated from, their common practice was tattooing their bodies, and he told them that not to have no part in that. And so we've established doctrines of that, and we've established certain things. And then what happened as you go through in society later on in life, the people that, were, that, that had tattoos, when I was young and running around, the people that I saw that did have tattoos, they were um, usually up to no good or wanted you to think that they were, okay? And so there was a certain, um, should I say, uh, stigma, I hate to use that word, that was attached to, you know, if I, if I got this tattoo, that means I'm a bad boy or I'm a tough guy or I'm a whatever, see? And now that is not the case today. What is, it's just an expression, huh? It's, uh, 
it's uh it's what I want to do. It's my truth, and it's okay, and it's all these things. You see, it's not about the tattoo. It's about the society that we live in and the mindset of the action. I could say the same thing about free sex. I could say the same thing about open marriages. I could say the same thing about smoking cigarettes. I could say the same. In fact, smoking cigarettes is kind of a reverse thing because back when I was a kid, you know, if you were smoking cigarettes, you were cool. You were somebody to be. You know, we had the Marlboro Man up there. Everybody, oh, yeah, let's smoke. And now today, what? oh, you're a smoker? Oh, no. So now we have a stigma and the opposite effect. Say, oh, well, that's bad for your health. Well, and the reality of it is, what's that got to do with any of it as far as what we're doing? You see, if my motivation is pure, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to, I'm going to look to the Word of God as the absolute, and I'm going to try my best to conform my life to the image of Christ. That's what the Bible tells us to do. And that's what the forefathers were telling us that this nation, if we're going to be a free moral people and we're going to govern ourselves, we must try to bring our own lives under the conformity of an absolute truth to walk in peace and harmony with one another. So sometimes I'm going to do things or sometimes I'm not going to do things simply based on what's best for the good of the whole and not necessarily just what's best for me. That's the point. We've lost that in our society. We see it and you say, oh, no, we haven't. Yes, we have. I see it and you're driving every day. We've got people that don't pay any attention to traffic laws. They do whatever they want to do, wherever they want to do it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. They pull in and park, block a whole parking place because, by golly, I'm here and I need this. It's that selfish, self-centered, my truth, I'm in control, I'm in charge, I'm the most important. And that is a self-destructive behavioral attitude that has continually eroded away at our society and is going to continue to be the demise of this nation if we don't get back to the principles of holy living, righteous standing, and living in a place where the founding fathers admonished us to live in a place of virtue, a place of moral responsibility, and a place of respect one for another. And I can see I'm way out of time, and I'm sure you're probably tired of hearing me already because this is not a popular message. But then again, that's why we're here on the pod. So have a wonderful day.